1: All right. Welcome back to week four of our Still the Same God series. Ken's is moving around over there, getting (laughs) adjusted, getting situated, but we're super, super excited about today's episode. This episode is all about how God still heals. And I know a lot of you guys have been looking forward to this conversation. This is like one of the, the weeks in the Still the Same God series that I'm sure the most people are like the most curious about or maybe have the least experience in their own life with God healing. And so we're going to have a super honest conversation about it. We're going to share some of our experiences and even some of our beliefs and how they've changed and shifted over the years. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just going to be a really cool conversation for all of us to lean into and almost just get excited about what God might want to do in and through us when it comes to healing. And so...
0: I'm pumped about yes. that combo. It's, it's going to be so good. I'm excited to talk about it. This is one of my favorite weeks in the study. Last week was Max's favorite. This week was my favorite. So we're going back to back with the home runs. So. Wow, we are. We are. I told good. Ken when she was writing this week, like, this was, I
1: think this is the first week you wrote in the study. Am I wrong? Yes. yes. Are yeah,
0: there, no, there, why?
1: no, maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Whatever. Whenever she wrote this week, I was like, Kent, I think this is some of your best writing ever.
0: Yes. I love it. I think it it was my first week because that compliment took me all the way through the (laughs) writing of the study. I needed that. I that. Well,
1: I felt like I learned so much from what you shared. So um, if you don't have the study, get the study. But then also we're going to give you a teaser of it in our conversation later.
0: But should we start off with some highs and lows of the week? Yeah, high-low time. I've actually really enjoyed doing high-lows, and by high-lows, we just basically blab. It's our opportunity to blab. Yeah. And it's really fun. And also, I was just looking at us on this little screen thinking, lol if we recorded ourselves, because (laughs) we are just, I mean, I'm like backlit, Mac is like, you know, bun up. She's just look bath. best <laughs> I've rolled out of bed
1: basically and it's 1 30 so I rolled out of bed hours ago not. and you never did, did anything I never did okay yes. like I'm saying so. like the state that I rolled out of bed in is the state I'm still in four or five hours later do you, so, so you wash your face no I don't wash my face in the mornings
0: yeah I always think about you in the mornings I feel like I do I'm like not consistent like sometimes I yeah. do sometimes I don't today I didn't
1: I don't know why, but I've never washed my face in the mornings, and I'm kind of scared to
0: start. You know how like – What about like when you when you put on your makeup though? Like do you put it – do you wash your face before you put on your makeup? Even no. if that's like midday? Oh, you just go straight right, right into makeup. Yeah.
1: I never wash my face. I, I only no wash way. my face at night. I know. But I'm like – you know me. I always wash my face at night. Like I'm – Yeah. I never miss. Like I don't think I've missed in my entire life washing my face at night. But yeah, I'd never done it in the morning. I don't know why. And now that I think about
0: it, I think that's weird. Maybe I should start, but I'm scared too. So <laughs> what should I By do? you saying you wash your face at night. I think the audience needs to know that like now she probably has a really great skincare routine, but I'll tell you guys.
1: Yeah, it was saying I I think you've talked we've talked about this before. And I apricot
0: scrub for like years and years
1: and years and then until okay but all of us did and then we realized that it was bad for us like you were
0: definitely like a little bit late like you were like you were like you're from
1: california you have a different (laughs) worldview than the rest of us us, okay, but this is Midwestern or Southern girls, we didn't know, okay? We didn't know our moms raised us on St. Ives, okay?
2: <laughs>
0: That's hilarious. I think I used. You're to the sell. one over
1: here that just told me that you buy every single one of your groceries <laughs> straight <laughs> from the days. farmer's market. So, yeah, you, on the farmer's are, market
0: kick. you are one far extreme. Okay. Oh, you ought to know something. So. You ought to know something. What? I've been using. Morning burst face wash recently. Do you what know is what that, that like, is? Clinique. Or? Yeah, it, no, it's clean and clear. Oh, Cle- clean and clear. clear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that has it's to, like to be horrible orange... for you, right? Oh, it's gotta be so bad, and it's the weirdest thing. I think it's a pregnancy thing. I did not want to talk about pregnancy again, but like, you know, I like it. You have these like weird nostalgic things, and I think that was what I like used to do like a while ago, and it's like the best. Like, had morning- you been just
1: roasting me for using Saint Eyes, and now <laughs> like ten years ago, and now you're admitting to us that you use cleaning clear.
0: Yeah, it's just like it's a, it's a phase right now, but honestly, it's like the best. It has those little like pellet beads, in it. yeah, beads, yeah, and you like. It just smells like orange. It's just for me. Like, I think I used it when I was like eight years old, and it like brings me back to like summertime right now. So I've been using it. And honestly, like I don't know. The fate I, I know people would argue this, but like the face wash, I'm kind of like, this has got to be the least of our worries. It's like I feel like everything after that is what like yeah, because really you immediately rinse
1: that off. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't but, matter. Um,
0: okay, but high and low. High
1: and low. Okay. <laughs>
0: all right all right what is okay bye I have sorry I make you go first every time
1: yeah you're (laughs) never prepared okay my high is I was actually telling Ken's this beforehand and she was like save it for the pod No. okay so uh for like the last three weeks I've been hooked on a snack like it's like a midday snack slash like can also be a side for your lunch and uh (laughs) I saw it on TikTok of course but it's I'm three weeks into doing this every single day and it's giving me just as much joy three weeks in as it was on day one. That's how like good of a snack it is. And I'm not sick of it yet. So it is an apple. And if you want to splurge, you got to go Honeycrisp, even though they will splurge more, but you got (laughs) to go Honeycrisp if you can. Um, And then I cut it up really thinly into really thin slices. And then I make this little dip. And the dip is Greek yogurt with peanut butter powder, You could probably use regular peanut butter if you wanted to. Peanut butter powder and then mini chocolate chips. You mix it up, the dip, and then you dip the apples into it. And it is such a good snack. It's like a midday sweet treat. Plus, it lasts a really long time. Like, I hate when my snacks are over in two seconds. Like, a cheese stick takes, like, two seconds to eat and it's done. (laughs) And I hate that. So, this apple dip... I mean, I can eat it for 15 minutes solid. It's amazing. I love it so much. It brings me so much joy. I ate it right before this podcast. That's why I was 10 minutes late to the podcast, Kenz. I was finishing my snack, and I wanted no. to eat snack in peace.
0: And <laughs> that's amazing. I could just picture it so well. Like, can you feel I the passion? Her, yeah. Like, I might have to roast you just one more time, but Mac, just like when she like eats her food, it's like it is an experience. <laughs> like, she's just fully immersed in in every flavor yeah it's it's pretty even honestly it's more than just eating it's like also like drinking like if you like have a diet coke it's like every sense of that thing life is good
1: for you (laughs) yeah that's true that's very true
0: anyways um that's amazing okay we're all taking notes I guess um for a high and now we're really just these aren't even highs but On the food chain before the podcast, I finally mastered cutting a giant watermelon. Yeah. (laughs) Congrats. (laughs) Teach us your ways. How do you do it? I feel like everybody like doesn't know how. So I got a huge one at the store and basically you cut the thing in half cuz it's always just so hard, you know? It I don't is. know what everybody else
1: I, does. I have to look it up every single time I order or get a watermelon. Like I do right? how to cut yeah. a watermelon
0: and just a mess and all the things. Okay, you cut it in half and then you carve the half, like so you carve off the green sides. Okay. Which is really easy to do actually. And then you and it's kind of fun. And then I but I cut mine today into into like spheres, spheres. So they're like I guess little triangles. Okay. They're fun to eat that way. Anyways, that's how you do it. You don't go, I don't know. I was doing it a thousand different ways. Yeah. Try it that way. That's my pro tip for today. That's my high.
1: Okay. Thank you for that. And then low for the week. Let's see. Um, My low for the week is it's been a good, good week. Um, I'm
0: trying to think. <laughs> you sound like me. Okay. I guess I have a low. Me, okay. Sure. Oh, wait. Shoot. Sherry sounds I really low. <laughs> my low was probably yesterday, just a bad day. I was in the car way too much. You know those times where you just don't time your errands right? You go from here to there and everywhere and sit in traffic. That was my day. And on top of it, I was trying to get Joshua, my husband, to take some photos of the new t-shirt. Yeah. And it was as if I was, I don't know, doing something terrible to him because he was just dragging his feet like Eeyore, and it was no fun for me. So. Yep, that was my low. I mean, you should have seen it. I was like, come on, babe, do you have like five minutes to like walk outside and like take a photo for me? And he's like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I am going to kill you. We got this photo. It's fine, but it was good. It was a journey out there. I mean, it was hot. He was complaining. His legs were sore from going to the gym. And I was like, This isn't about you. This is not about you. This is about (laughs) me okay he was like what are you even doing with these photos I was like what do you think I'm doing with these photos like <laughs> for geez. me personal
1: enjoyment just I want the photo of me and these yeah that's hilarious yeah. wow okay that makes that brings me to Milo speaking of um husbands and just funny silly things they do so Tyler played golf on Sunday and he calls me and he, like, was supposed to have just started playing golf. And he's like, oh, my goodness, guess what happened to me? And I'm like, what happened to you? And he was like, I was warming up on the range, like the driving range. And he was like, I'd hit, like, two balls. And on the third ball – He's like, I swing and I like make contact with the ball. And then it literally felt like someone shot me in the back. He was like, Ooh. it hurt so bad that I fell to the ground. <laughs> he <was> like, I
0: <laughs> fell to the ground
1: and I couldn't get up.
0: No. So he didn't
1: play golf. He just rode in the cart with his friends. And then he came home. And I mean, like. I've never seen such pain. I think it was pain. I, I hope he wasn't being dramatic, but oh, yeah. like literally, he'd <laughs> be just uh, sitting there and he'd be like, "Oh," and like, <laughs> like, 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 bent over in pain. And I'm just cr- trying to be sensitive, but I'm did also you anything? did you do any did massage or anything? No, like literally, I feel like if I got within six inches of him, it caused him pain. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do to comfort him. I went and got him like some icy hot and like
0: oh, he's going to the
1: chiropractor tomorrow. But it's just honestly oh, been it's honestly been hilarious. You know, he's six years younger than me
0: and he's like he's <laughs> an old man. And it's been he's still in mobile.
1: Yeah, he's still like not to his full. He's I've been like, oh, let's play pickleball this week. And he's like, I can't. <laughs> we we played kickball the other night and he he was like I can't do it and I was like Oh my goodness so yeah
0: <laughs> oh, boys yeah so are. he's really we cramping my
1: style this weekend with his injury but
0: have I told you about Josh's like new passion for golf
1: What Oh yeah yeah he he said there's golf. In your new home,
0: Florida. Oh, yeah. We talked about that last (laughs) week already. We've spilled (laughs) everything (laughs) I didn't
1: want to share the tea.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you didn't catch it last week, we talked about moving. We talked about pregnancy. We talked about everything under the sun. It was quite the intro. But no, yeah, he's really into it. He wants to currently get golf shoes. Does
1: Uh, Tyler have golf shoes? Yeah. I'll send you the shoes I got him recently that we got that are so cool. I think I'll like them.
0: This is the one. I'm sending them to you right now okay let's see um, yeah he's tomo. been like we have like so many other things to pay for right now and he's like he, this is like his fifth time ever golfing and he's ready for some shoes sorry my dog's howling <laughs> <laughs> oh tomo okay tomo oh is this golfy looking stuff they look cool <laughs> Golfy looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like um they look professional i'll have to send them the links so, to josh i got those for tyler for his birthday and then my sister just
1: got him them for her husband for his birthday so you know does josh have a birthday
0: coming up he wanted like they're like pretty hipster looking like new balances that are like golf style have you seen those
1: No, that sounds like Josh, like he's using the golf course for like his fashion world.
0: Yeah, he's like, he's like trying to be like cool. Like these are the ones, but maybe run these by Tyler because honestly, I mean, he doesn't want to look just like a hipster average golfer. So he wants to look like an athlete golfer. Well, he should. I don't know if he's going to. Oh, these
1: are cool. I like these. (laughs) I mean, yeah, <laughs> How did the Where the Girl podcast turn into us talking about golf shoes? We need to okay.
0: stop right Wait. now. <laughs> what are you doing? Exploring. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you guys are really excited for today's episode. We have so much to say. So, okay, let's get into it. Okay, we are so excited to jump into the episode. I am especially excited for this conversation. It's going to be a good one. And I know so many of you guys are too. And to be honest, when it came to this chapter in the book and writing it and all that, I felt like I. Truly had so much pressure. I was like, oh my gosh, we got to like either figure out like is just Jesus heal or does he not? Like, what does this look like? This is got to be black yeah. and white. I yeah. remember when we were
1: picking who was writing what chapter, I was like, and you've got
0: healing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> because it's something that is kind of confusing at times. And I say that because, I mean, I'll just point out the obvious. I'm sure that there's people in your life that you can think of now. I'm talking to whoever's listening, or Mac, or you, Mac. And um, <laughs> there's probably people that you can think of that have been just struggling with sickness and cancer, or maybe somebody close to you passed away from something because they and they weren't healed of it. And the reality of that is so real. Sometimes we pray for things, and it doesn't seem like we see full mm-hmm. healing in the midst of it, and so. Yeah, that's the reality, and that's what we're wrestling with. And we're like, okay, so does Jesus heal? What does this look like? Is it even worth our time to ask for healing? And how do we come before him? Like, what does it even look like to ask? And all the things under the sun. Basically, as this whole study is, we want to just talk about the conversation of like, okay, Jesus healed in the scripture. That's clear. But what does that actually, or does that still happen today? And I guess I'll start there. When I started like writing about this, I was like flipping through the scriptures, and I was like, "Okay, let me just be reminded of Jesus and the moments and scriptures that He healed." And so I was flipping through, and I came across so many different stories. You know, the story when the woman with the with the blood disease reached out and touched Jesus's cloak, and she was completely healed, and. Mm-hmm. There's stories of the lame men walking, and there's stories of Jesus raising people from the dead and all these crazy radical things. And there was one story in particular that really caught my attention. And it was the story of the man with leprosy in Matthew. And um, it talked about how he came before the Lord and he asked him to heal him of this terrible, terrible disease. And Jesus completely healed him. And I was like reading these stories and I I my faith was renewed. I it really was renewed. I was mm-hmm. like gosh, this is like so undeniable because I think sometimes when we when we walk through sickness or we walk closely with mm-hmm. someone through sickness, we start to forget or we start to just doubt the character of mm-hmm. Jesus. We're like, okay, this is like not what he did or ever was like. But the reality is when we get back into the word and we actually read it for ourselves, it's like so undeniable that Jesus so clearly healed. And he was a man just like you and I that walked on this earth and, and he healed. every. A lot of people that he came across he healed and I think there's actually 25 documented healings in scripture but I like to think that there's probably like so so many more <laughs> they just aren't we're all recorded in in the scriptures or else the Bible would be way too long and we would all get bored yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so clear that he did then and I don't know if you're sitting here listening to it and you're like wait I don't know if I believe that for myself I would just encourage you to get Mm. back in the word and read it Hmm. for yourself or get the study and dive into it yourself because Jesus was so powerful in that way. And that same spirit of God is living and active inside of us.
1: Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. I feel like I've actually noticed that more and more. I mean, just just reading through that, the gospels and stuff that So often, like the transitional moments throughout Jesus kind of going around to these different towns and villages was like he would come, he would heal their sick, he would cast out demons, and then he would maybe say a couple of things. But it felt like the common denominator was always coming in. In healing the sick healing people who had something some sort of like need in their life that jesus could meet physically that then also would lead to this like spiritual transformation as well and mm. i think we live in such a different culture obviously today because we have doctors and hospitals and there there's so many ways to go about healing and so it looks so different for us now but I think that it is really cool just to go to the scriptures and see that Jesus, one of his primary ways of doing ministry was through physical mm-hmm. healing, and it's not often in our in our kind of Christian world, our Christian culture today. Like, yeah, of course, there are some people who are who are out there healing, like Ken's and I. Uh, there is like this one guy I remember, and I know you, you're <laughs> going to know exactly who I'm talking about, Ken. So when we were uh, freshman, sophomores in college, there was this one guy at our school, literally anywhere on campus, like you would see someone who was walking on crutches or like with like a boot on their leg. And I knew that this guy wasn't far behind and was going to be asking them if he could be praying for them, if like he could come and pray for healing for them. That was just his thing. Like he had such like an urgency on his life and on his heart to like pray for healing for people. And I remember at first kind of meeting him and being like, well, this guy is different. And this guy's maybe a little out there. And like, I don't know if that's something I'm super comfortable with, but I think it's really cool and clear when you look at scripture that like, that was one of the main ways that Jesus went about doing his ministry. And when I look at my ministry today, and I look at a lot of the ministry around me, that's something that's like pretty absent in a lot of ways. And so I do kind of wonder, okay, where's the disconnect there? And And what would it look like to, if I want to lead a life that models what Jesus did, what Jesus taught, what Jesus said, maybe that there is something really beautiful to be unlocked in stepping out in the ministry of healing as well.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so clear, okay, Jesus did this, like he can heal, but like, can we? Like, does that still happen today? And yeah, so many questions there. and. I know for me, this has been a really per- a personal thing for me. You guys have heard me talk about it. And Nobody's uh, sick of
1: it, Ken. We're not sick of it. Okay. Own
0: it.
1: You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of you guys. <laughs> okay. I know you guys have heard me talk about this before. Okay.
0: Blah, blah, blah. All right. So, yes, it's been a personal journey because about a year ago, I got super sick and was, it was, it was just tough because I had never struggled with any kind of illness before. And it really altered a lot of my life and lifestyle. And it just was like an everyday battle. And I really, really did start to talk to Jesus about this. I was like, Lord, okay. Like what number one, what's your purpose in this? Like number two, are you going to take it away? Do you have the power to take it away? Can you take it away? What's that going to look like? And I had gone to, or over the last year, I've probably sat in like so many, I don't know, 10 different worship services and like responded to prayer and like asked for healing. And I've been in small groups and with friends 101 on and they've prayed for healing over my life. And and I, I truly, I don't think I've I've seen healing through those direct prayers. I've also simultaneously been to doctors and all different types of doctors and tried to eat different and all the things that you can do. And collectively over the year, I've gotten so, so much better. And it's been this, but it's just been this wild journey of like, okay, Lord, this is like so personal for me. Where are you in the midst of it? And as I was reading the scripture, honestly, I got super convicted. Uh, The scripture story in the the book of the man with leprosy, um, he came before the Lord with a lot of faith. He had just heard this sermon on the mound from Jesus and recognized the <laughs> Mount. <laughs> what? The sermon on the mound. <laughs> <laughs> I think I say that every time. We're <laughs> not. This sermon no. on the mound. Like states from I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> mount. The Mount guys, okay. So this one on the Mount, so this- <laughs> on the mount. They're just ignoring me talking about Bible stories and getting all of my words right. Anyways, um, so he had just heard Jesus and witnessed the power of Jesus, and he came before the Lord in so much faith, like he was like, "Lord, I know you have the power to heal me." And I feel like I really resonated with that in the leper. I was like, okay, like, I feel like my faith is. Strong enough, and I recognize the power of Jesus. And I read this about him in scripture like, my faith is there. Like, I'm like, Lord, you can do something radical, you can do a miracle. Let's go, let's see it happen. And then the second part that I noticed of the leopard is that he has so much humility. You got to read the story for yourself. I'm not going to get into it now, but basically, he came before. The Lord in front of so many people with this terrible disease that typically you would never even go near people, and got on his knees and just desperately asked for healing. He came before the Lord with like so so much healing, and I was read or as hum- humility is what I meant to say. I read as I was reading the scripture, I was like, okay. Like, I feel like I could I could mm-hmm. do that better. I really mm-hmm. can. I like as I like, reflect on this last year I'm like okay like there is so many opportunities I probably had to like come before the Lord in more humility but instead I had pride pretending I like was okay that I had it all together or I just didn't want to be embarrassed or seen or whatever it was. And Mm. I'm not saying that if I did that different, maybe Jesus would have like had some radical healing moment, but I just learned so much through the posture that this leper had. And Mm. honestly, even after reading that story, it shifted the way. I actually went to like this little retreat recently. And um, there was a couple of people that wanted to pray for me in front of other people and I was like, oh my gosh. And there's also like really kind of cool people. And I was like, okay, here we go. I'm just gonna like ball my eyes out and I'm gonna ask for it. And I'm just gonna like stand before the Lord in humility in this way. And so there was such a shift in my spirit when I did that. And so anyways, those are two really key things that I took away from the story. But even more so and I know I'm talking a lot. I'll let you talk in a second, Mac, but um, I think that's where healing first comes It's a posture of faith tied with humility. And then the second thing that I really learned from this story is that you really got to align yourself with the will of God. Meaning like we have to through sickness and disease and hardship, whether it's for you personally, or maybe somebody in your life that you're walking through the will of God is like you know, he's in control. He's got his the best plan in mind and there's purpose and trial and there's even purpose in sickness. And he has so much to teach you and to show himself to you in the midst of this. And mm. it's really easy to close yourself off to him in the midst of sickness and disease and hardship, whether for yourself or somebody else. It's really, really easy to do that. But instead I think that we learn even in this story that how the leper came and was like, okay, like I'm just like, let your will be done. Like whether this is just a moment where I get to come face to face with Jesus himself, and I just get to build intimacy with him through this request and through this prayer, or or he's gonna heal me. And I've learned that to be really true through my journey of healing too, like. You know, all my prayers, all those moments that I've responded, like, I know, number one, that he hasn't ignored me. Like, it's not like he's turned his back on me and that he's been distant and dark. That is not at all the character of Jesus, and that's not what it's felt like at all. And then number two is it's really it's really invited me into like this deeper intimacy, like this deeper hunger to actually see and feel God and like being okay with this journey of sickness knowing that I'm closer to him because of it or number three he 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 just might heal me in his timing and all all three or all two Mm -hmm. those two options I know he's not ignoring me so either it's building my intimacy or he's going to heal me are really great options and aligning myself with his will and his timing has matured my faith beyond belief and I think is when it comes to healing for you too, like If you have that new perspective of, okay, he might not heal me now, but I'm seeking his will and seeking his understanding in this journey shifts a lot. So Hmm. anyways, those are some things I've learned from myself and some things that I learned through scripture reading.
1: Yeah, it makes me think about a lot of things. You know, I feel like in the first thing you talked about, which was just humility, I think that that's really cool because – I think like we talked about, like culturally, it's so different today than it was during the time when Jesus walked here on earth. And, you know, we are so quick to like see an ailment or to feel an ailment or whatever it is and to immediately go to WebMD and to like, what's all the things that I can do to make myself better? Like I can change my diet. I can do all these things. And I think it's, really, we're really quick to like get to the fix of it. And we're, we're slow to invite God into the healing process. And so I think what's really cool is just taking the time to slow down and go, okay, wait, before I go to like problem solving, and before I go to like, in my own strength and in my own power, looking for answers, like, what if I first went to God as my healer? And like, what if he was the one who led me on my healing journey? And I was so desperately dependent upon him in the midst of it. And in that, I think it might be an instant healing or it might be like what you talked about, the intimacy on the journey of like, you don't have to go through this scary time on your own. You get to go through that with the hands of Jesus, like right on you and right by you. And I just think that like, In this conversation, it just gets me to think like, okay, the next time that I have something pop up in my life, or the next time I have something pop up in somebody else's life, is it my heart posture to stop immediately and to invite God into the healer and not to skip to like everything that I can do in my own strength and my own devices? And then I think um, on the flip side too, because for some of us, like, you know, maybe right now I, I don't personally need healing for anything right now, but it's actually so funny because I was telling you guys about Tyler's back earlier and I was like, oh my goodness, like, LOL, missed opportunity here. <laughs> um, but I think that what is so cool about it is in my faith journey, like I want to be the girl that thinks God can do anything, you know, like I want to be the girl that is just like wild and crazy in my belief that my God can do it. Like my God can move. Like my God's heart is for me. My God's heart is like, I don't always understand what he's doing or why he's doing it, but I know my God and I know what he can do. And I think Mm. it's, I would rather lean on the side of expectancy and getting my hopes up and what God can do than to be a doubter and a skeptic and like never, never allow God to do the miraculous in my life. And so I think it's really cool when it comes to healing, like, are we giving God room to do the miraculous in our life? Or are we not asking Him? Are we not asking yeah. Him to come in and do that? And so, I don't know. I just think like as silly as like my husband hurting his back, there's an opportunity for healing. There's an opportunity for God to do something really cool and miraculous that could, yeah, get Tyler's Tyler's hope up in God, get Tyler's faith up in God, but also mine. Like I think of the okay. impact that would have on me to watch God move and to God show me like that he is an active God who can still heal. And so I just think for us, are we giving God the opportunity to do the miraculous or are we just playing it safe (laughs) and like, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like, yeah, God did miracles, but like, I'm not going to really invite him to do any miracles in my life today. And so, yeah, it just encouraged me. Like, I want to be that girl who goes on a limb, goes out on a limb in belief in who my yeah. God is.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've so admired, I mean, through through this last year, every single woman and every single leader or person that has like asked to pray for me, like mm. has been like the most kind and intentional and powerful moment of like not only building deeper intimacy with Jesus, but also e- even building a deeper intimacy and community too. Yeah. Like we can sit there across the table from a friend talking about how she's struggling with something, and we can just say like, "Oh man, I hope that's better. I hope it gets better. Or whatever, I'll I'll pray for you later, or whatever." Or we can just be like, "Hey, let's like let's do it like right now. Let's pray for this right now." And like it's those friendships this last year that got deep and got mm-hmm. real and like shifted things in my life. And it take it take it it took two, you know, it took me opening myself up and being humble enough to receive that. And then it also takes the other person being willing to pray and to ask and put themselves out there and go out on a limb. And mm. oh my gosh, it's like never awkward either. Like you think like, oh, like they always ask, you know, after, oh, do you, do you feel better? Like, do you get me, it's been like some, some, um, lung stuff in there. Can you breathe better now or whatever? I'm like, "Uh, you know, I can't really tell right now or whatever, you know, but it's not awkward. It's just like, oh, great. I'm still going to be praying. I'm going to be praying for you tonight. Like I believe he can do it. Mm -hmm. And I do too. Like I really do believe that he can do it and will do it, but just as in his time, Mm -hmm. his will. And, um, Every person, though, that has gone out of the limb has been—it's been so powerful, and yeah, yeah. I like think that through. I think through this week's chapter, I really do want to encourage everybody to start activating this in their life Mm -hmm. and like go out on the limb and see what happens when when you invite the power, the living power of Jesus. Because that same Jesus that we read about in the scripture that you guys are going to read about in this study, that same Jesus. You might not be here in flesh, but he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And that means that we can ask for healing over people's lives or through our own lives. And he just might do it. Like, will he 100% do it? Only Jesus knows, you know, that's his will, that it's through asking that you'll better understand that and build intimacy Or he might just do it and you see these miracles and these testimonies that shift so much. And just going back to what you had said at the beginning, Mac, like we see in Jesus's ministry, healing was always a part of it. And so if you want to like share the gospel, if you want to like invite more people into the kingdom of God it actually does involve healing, like healing of all kinds. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's mental or emotional or whatever it might be, but it involves healing. It involves restoring the old way of living or maybe what is become weak and making it new. Mm-hmm. And we've got to have faith in that. And we as believers are called to like start to activate that. Like I really do believe if you're sitting there feeling skeptical about this or maybe you're like, I've never seen it for myself, it's probably because you've never asked for it or you've never put yourself out on a limb. You've just stayed behind the scenes or you've sheltered yourself from witnessing it. And so I just would encourage you to like put yourself out there and see what happens to this prayers because I yeah. think that it will shift a lot.
1: Yeah, it's so true. So good. And we're really excited about this testimony that we're going to share with you guys next. Um, we had somebody be very brave to come on yes. and to share their story. <laughs> And uh, you're going to hear a story of healing. You're going to hear a story of how that then gets the attention of uh, people who are just like witnesses to the healing. And I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear this. This was one I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time (laughs) that he was sharing his story. And so we are going to jump into an incredible
0: testimony all about healing. Buckle up because it's a good one. Okay, everybody. We are super excited to jump into today's testimony. I know everybody's probably so much anticipating this one because of all the subjects we're talking about through this series, I feel like this is the most, I don't know, real tangible. You're like, wait, God can heal. I want to hear a story about it. And so we got a really powerful one for you and I'm just really excited. So we have a friend, his name's Cody. Cody, could you just start by sharing a little bit about yourself and yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me on. Um, so a little bit about my background. I moved to Nashville in 2016, which is where the bulk of this story starts taking place. Josh and Ken's have been great friends for, uh, I don't know, 2018. I want to say when it started being friends with them. And yeah, I work in supply chain product development down here and Nashville is an amazing city. I, um, a little bit of background. Grew up in Kentucky. I uh, came to know the Lord whenever I was in high school and gave my life to Him. And uh, yeah, He He rocked my world and I've never been the same since. But as any human, I've certainly had bumps along the way, which I think uh, you guys are about to find out about some of those bumps along the way.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I want I want to talk about it. I want to dive in. You went through a really tough season. You grew up in a Christian home, but went through a tough season of just kind of like living apart from him. It sparked maybe through uh, just a season of depression after a breakup. I mean, this is so real. I think a lot of people listening probably can relate. They're like, gosh, I'm in this place and I feel far from God. I would love for you to share just like a little bit more of what that looked like and what it led you into and everything in between. (laughs)
2: All right. Yeah, so... uh... I went through probably about a year long. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't, I didn't claim it at that time. But it was about a year long depression. And I was living overseas. I was, you know, removed from my family and friends and had a a long distance relationship. And uh, I moved back uh, right around, I think it was 2016. And uh, that relationship went on for multiple years, we broke up. And honestly thought there was a chance, you know, that I was going to get married in that relationship. So when it ended, it was, uh, it was a, it was a big mess. And as, um, as such, I decided to, uh, kind of just ignore God for a little bit, do what I wanted. I thought I'd been, um, following what was, uh, you know, what was his will trying to do my best for a while. And, I wasn't I wasn't angry at God, but I definitely I kind of describe it as a light switch. uh, During that season, there would be light switch moments where Mm -hmm. I would turn the light switch off, and then I would quit talking to God. And since then, he's he's humbled me a lot (laughs) through breaking me. But um, I try to not turn that light switch off anymore. So um, yeah, after the breakup, I mean, I went, I just started drinking more going out more partying more than I was normally. And, um, one of those nights I went out in um, in Nashville ended up going, uh, taking a girl home with me who I just met that night. And, um, this was before the breakup, this was totally out of my character and had not happened before, but after that, but yeah, we went home Mm. that night, we ended up sleeping together and having sex. And then, um, yeah, you know. Next morning, woke up. Ironically, God, as He does, girl starts asking me about um, hmm. this n- necklace that I have um, in my car, and it's a necklace <laughs> that uh, represents how women are priceless, and that's how God defines them, and they should be treated as as priceless and with royalty and what God says about women. So immediately after the one night stand, God got my attention real quick. And then I find myself talking to this girl about God the next day, which that of me, I'm like, okay, yep. Okay. Lord, this is not what you want me to be doing. And, um, so she, she was not a Christian. So, um, yeah, you know, we stay in touch, but she doesn't, she doesn't live in Tennessee. There, there was no like intention ever of us staying together. And then, you know, um, not to get, too graphic here, but the next, you know, couple days, you know, it's however long it was, some things show up. am like, oh gosh, this is not good. And so go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, I during the time I definitely called this the worst day of my life. Um, but now looking back on it, I wouldn't change it if I could. Um <laughs> but yeah basically I get the results back and they say and you know the doctor's being real calm when she calls me and she's like hey i just want to let you know i got your results back and unfortunately you are positive for an std and she starts explaining some stds are curable and, uh, and she's like unfortunately yours is not curable um and the std that i got was herpes and so um i remember getting that phone call uh I remember exactly where I was, and I was actually out in Las Vegas, of all places. Mm -hmm. I was planning to go on a trip to celebrate some friends' graduation, and God only knows what we were planning to do on that trip. It probably was not abiding in the Lord's will, and I was (laughs) standing in a casino in Las Vegas when I got the phone call, and I fell backwards against a pillar. And hit the ground i was by myself and i just started crying by myself in the middle of this las vegas casino because i thought you know you, th- you think the worst if you've been through this whoever's listening i know exactly how you feel you feel mm. completely alone you think that no one's ever gonna love you you're gonna have to explain this to whoever you want to marry one day mm. and that you are you know, you're just, you're incurable and you're gross and you're disgusting and no one's ever going to love you. And everything you've been holding out for your whole life is now ruined. And so that, uh, yeah, that's mm. been, sent me into a spiral that weekend, but I definitely, uh, didn't do anything crazy that weekend. God got my attention real quick, quick, which I'm thankful for. And, um, I even, um, mm. I bought a ticket and planned on flying that day back to Tennessee because I just couldn't handle it. And I go up and I'm standing at the gate to get on the plane that I just bought to go back to Tennessee. My buddy calls me and he says, what are you doing? We're your brothers. Uh, This is when God wants us to stand with you the most. And he convinces me to come back to the hotel room and I just break down. They pray over me. My two best friends walk through this with me. Um, Anyways, so yeah, all that happens. I end up getting back to Tennessee and then just start, you know, dealing with what life is going to be like now that I have a incurable STD. And so pretty soon, within a couple weeks, mm. I just felt like as I was praying about this, because I was on my knees a lot, obviously. And as I was praying about this, I just felt like God told me, you know, I know what doctors are saying and I know what the test says, but you are not going to have to deal with this forever. And of course, I was excited to hear that, and I would, but then I'm like, really? Really? What do you mean? What do you mean? So then I'm like, okay, well, let's go get a second opinion, because that's what you do after you get that terrible news, right? You're like, oh, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, I go get a second opinion at a different facility, and they're like, yeah. yep, positive. Like, sorry. Um, and um, so and some people, if they know about herpes, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you can like have the one and sometimes you can ping positive if you just have a cold sore in your mouth. Well, I end up going back over the next six months and continuing to retest and retest because that's what I was hoping for. And they end up being able to identify and separate which one of those it is. And it is not that one. I have the, yeah, the, the worst mm. one that you don't want to have, that you only get through sexually transmitted <laughs> yeah, diseases. So, but God just tells me, you're not going to have to deal with this forever. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what? And mm. I have people speaking to my life uh, over uh, throughout this time. I actually moved to to Nashville. So I'm living in Kentucky when I, when I originally, then I have this event in Nashville and I go back to Kentucky. Well, then I moved to Nashville and a, a couple months later and, um, I start going to a church down here and at the, my first service at the church, I go there and they say, Hey, we just want this baby to come up on stage. And they say, uh, guys, remember y'all were playing for this baby. He had a hole in his heart. He's healed. Your prayers freaking worked. And I was like, What? Like, what? This church, I've never done this. I grew up Southern Baptist. We don't do that. No. They were like, This baby had a hole in his heart. And now it's healed. And I'm like, So I go to the back. I talk to the pastor. I'm like, What's going on? I haven't experienced this stuff before. And he's like, Yeah, we believe in the power of prayer and healing here. This is awesome. I'm in. So he prays over me, prays for him. Mm. I'm like, Awesome. Cool. So I schedule a checkup, uh, another test the next like week or something. I go to the facility. They're like, Oh, you're back. I'm like, yeah. Could you just verify do the test again? You know, please. You know? And so we start doing blood tests where mm-hmm. they draw your blood, you know? And they're like, okay, no, you still have it. Sorry guy. And so I, so this is, this is uh, <laughs> important detail. So, and, um, you guys cut me off at any moment if you want to jump in here if I'm rambling.
0: No, it's so this great. This is great. It's perfect.
2: Okay. Good. good. Good good. So the nurse <laughs> she says um, I'm like so I, I feel God okay you want to use this god for whatever reason I don't know what this looks like but I, so I asked the nurse I say okay so my first couple of tests were positive right? She says yes. I said so this is incurable disease, right? She says yes. I said have you ever in your whole career seen someone get cured? Of herpes. She says, No, there is no cure. Uh, and she said it can go dormant, you know, you cannot have symptoms, but it is always in your blood. And it will be and I'm like, Okay, so if I get healed of this, the only explanation is Jesus, right? And she's like, looking at me, she's like, I mean, I guess, like, sure, whatever you want to say. And I'm like, okay, I just like want to clarify this on the on the front end, because I and I told her I was like, I I feel like I'm going to be healed of this. And so I'm going to keep coming back. And she says, Okay, well, we'll keep drawing your blood. Mm. So I go over the
1: next,
2: (laughs) the next uh, four to six months, I go back, and I'm getting retested and retested. And I develop a relationship with these ladies that are working this medical clinic. And I start asking God what you know, what do you want me to do, I just basically at this point, when you get that, that broken, and I don't act like I've experienced all the brokenness in the world. Some people have much harder stories than I do. But when God brings you to your knees like that, I my palms instantly went from a position from most of my life of like, mm-hmm. I've got this, I'm in control to like, oh, my gosh, God, whatever you want, I'm willing, like, I'm totally broken. And so as I was going into mm-hmm. this clinic, I was like, whatever you want to do, God, I'm open. And so I, I start talking to the nurses and I start asking them, I'm like, Hey, I know I'm back. I'm seeing you. It's cause I feel like God's going to heal me. What What's going on in your life. Is there anything I can pray for? Well, one of them ends up, she's almost cries when I ask her. I think she does cry. She's like, actually, I just got diagnosed with cancer. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, let me pray with you. So I start praying with her while we're going back mm-hmm. another nurse and develop a relationship with her. And she's like, Actually, like, yeah, I got a lot going on. My daughter also has the same STD that you have. And she's like, and she feels just like you're feeling. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna pray for her and 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 tell her that, you know, God still heals today. I'm gonna pray for her. I wasn't guaranteeing healing because I hadn't even been healed, but I was like, just let her know I'm praying for her. I end up meeting her daughter over the course of this end up talking to her about god and jesus so god's just opening so many doors through this whole thing it's and i just continue to be amazed throughout it i'm like oh man okay. whatever you want man and so um so they just keep testing positive and positive positive. and so the nurse she tells me and this is the second facility i'm at by the way i'd gone to the original one got a second opinion so i'm at a second facility she tells me look like ours keep coming back positive i know you say you want to? You think you're going to get healed? But like, I recommend you. You know, you go get another opinion from somewhere else, just so you know. You know that ours are ours are good. I'm like, okay. So I go to a third facility in Nashville. They send over my medical records from the second one, and they're like, okay, like sure, we'll we'll do whatever test you want. They do the test there, and I get a call the day before Thanksgiving with my results, and I, she says. Uh, I didn't answer either. I get a voicemail and she says, well, um, I think this is probably the best Thanksgiving gift you could ever ask for, but somehow you no longer have herpes and, uh, that's what it says on the voicemail. So I'm like, what? The day before Thanksgiving, I call her back. I talked to her on the phone. She's like, yeah, (laughs) like you don't have it. Like, I know your other medical records say that you do, but we just tested you, like, it does not it is not there. It is not showing up in your blood. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So we freak out together. We celebrate. And I'm like, you know, but okay, well, obviously now I got to go back to the, the second facility and verify this, you know, cause you know, maybe that was, I've had, I've got like six positives over here over the last six months and I got one negative odds are they're wrong, but man, I don't want to do it. But I'm like, <laughs> Nope, I just want to stick with this negative. I do not want to go back, but God pushes me. He's like, if you believe that this is possible and this is true, like you got to go back to that facility, you got to get tested again. And I'm like, oh, Lord, okay. So I go back and I go in and the nurses are like, you're back again. And they say, they say to me, they say, Cody, no matter what happens with this test, you cannot come back here. They were like, you have to move on with your life. We have tested you so many times. So whatever comes back from this test, like, where she basically said like, I'm, I'm gonna, she didn't refuse because I don't think she's legally allowed, but she was like, I'm pretty much saying like, I'm not going to test you anymore. And I'm like, okay. Mm. So I'm like, cool. Sounds good. So she does the test and it takes like a day or so to get them back. And as a, I you not she calls me, I answer the phone and she starts, she says, Cody, honestly, I don't know what to believe, this is absolutely insane, I have never seen this in my whole career, but your blood work came back and you no longer have herpes. (laughs) And we start freaking out and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. She was like, I know, I know. And I go, you remember what I said? She goes, I know, you said Jesus was gonna heal you. And she's like, and here we are and we're just freaking out on the phone together because I know this lady at this point, right? Like we have a relationship. And so we start freaking out and it's just a huge like celebration. And she's like, I honestly cannot believe this. This is nuts. And I'm like, yeah, well, God, God is nuts. Um, And so, yeah, that was, it was a wild journey. But throughout that, just one piece of information that I, that I want to add is that um, when I started hearing that, I felt like God told me I was not going to live this forever. He gave me two verses and it was, um, He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. That was verse number one. And then it was, um, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those are the two. Mm -hmm. And every single day from the day that I felt like God told me that I was not going to deal with this forever until the day I got healed, I would repeat those verses out loud over myself and I would say them out loud because somewhere along the way, God had shown me that there was power to speaking scripture out loud, because God spoke the world into existence, right? He said, "It's a God spoke the world into existence. So when we say his words, we have power. And I believe that mm. today more than I ever did. And so um, that's part of that journey on, you know, all along the way was, I started saying that. And when I was hitting my knees, I was saying that out loud over and over again, and just letting that wash over me. So um, yeah, that's, uh, that's high level wow. that's high level.
1: Wow, man, that story is just like, well, number one, so captivating. And so like, it. I mean, I just was like zoned in the whole time, like, so, so intrigued just to hear everything. And I think it's so cool that it was God did more than just your healing. Like, I, I would love to know just what went on in the hearts of those nurses and, and just little sparks of things that started for them. And I think it's so cool that when, when God heals, it can, you know, heal a physical thing in our body, but can also heal belief and hearts and other people too. And he's just so good and so creative like that. And so I don't know, just for you in the aftermath of everything, Cody, like, what does it looked like? I feel like when you experience God's goodness so tangibly and like his faithfulness, like how has life looked different since then? How has your faith looked different since then?
2: Yeah. So Life looking differently now is actually—I didn't say this in the story—and I'll leave names out to keep people private. But the girl who I slept with that night, she was not a Christian and did not know God. And was very open about that. We obviously, after I find out, I call her. I tell her it's a—you know—terrible news for her. She actually did not know that she had it. A lot of people are are in that scenario. Um, where it can be dormant, you don't know you have it, and then you can pass it on to someone else. So it really wrecked her just as much as it wrecked me. But, you know, I felt like, you know, I prayed with her, God felt like God was having me wanted me to pray with her. So we ended up praying together on that call, we stayed in touch through her getting her test done, me getting my test done. And then actually one of her friends that I had met that night was a Christian, and she ends up talking to one of her friends through all this. And so as me and her going back and forth through all this, we're praying, we're talking, we're praying, we're talking. And she starts telling me like, yeah, I actually started talking to my friend. And she started like telling me about God and Jesus and more of these details that you mentioned. And so to come full circle how God can use anything, even when you're being an absolute idiot, um, like I was, he... This girl ends up giving her life to Christ because she has a friend there who walked through this with her. And so God used just a terrible situation and totally turned it around. Um, and so um, me and her are no longer in touch today or anything like that. That was her last update. Um, but God used that scenario to just show me that he's He's still good even when I'm not obeying as long. Um, and he's still going to change people's hearts even with the worst of mistakes. And then after that, if you have never experienced or never prayed for healing, and I mean real tangible healing on planet Earth, I just encourage you to give it a shot. Um, I will tell you, it is, you know, God's in control. I've prayed for healing and it has happened for other people. I've prayed for it. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't understand all that. And I don't act like I do. But once God showed me that he doesn't hypothetically heal, he doesn't heal. And always like, oh, one day they'll be healed, but not right now. No, sometimes God answers your prayers directly and in that moment, and people get healed on earth today, just like they used to thousands of years ago when Jesus was walking the earth. And so as such, he has pushed me to step out in my faith and pray for people on many different occasions. And I have prayed for people with tumors. I have paid for people going into surgery that had a 40% chance of living, and they came out on the other side and were walking within a week back to normal. The just like they'd never had it happen. I have seen multiple, multiple miracles now happen. And today, I live in Tennessee today. um, And I am not some crazy person, right? Like I am just a normal dude from Kentucky who screwed a lot of things up, but God is way more incredible. Um, And and I believe he just wants us to ask and he just wants us to, to try. And then not just through the healing, but he has started showing me that when I pray and ask for him, he's, He's given me specific people's names at times that I didn't even know. Um, and then I go talk to them and they were like, oh my gosh, I was at the end of my rope. And I was like, I don't even know who you are, but God told me that you needed something today, which sounds crazy. It sounds nuts. I realize that sounds absolutely insane, but I promise that that it has happened. And so it's totally rocked my world. That's why I say like the day that it happened when I was at that casino in Las Vegas and I hit the ground was the worst day of my life. But now... I wouldn't change it if I could. And it has made me who I am and it has made me more surrendered to the Lord. And for that, I am so thankful.
0: So good. I love it so much. It's so powerful. And you can tell that you just have so much like belief and expectation of how God can move. And I know that's stirring something new in so many people's spirits too. And whether it's healing in their own life or healing for a friend or just restored belief um, for the world around them, it's just so powerful. Thank you for sharing your story. It brings this whole conversation to life. It makes it so much more real. And I really want to encourage everybody listening. It was fun for Mac and I to search for a testimony of this and just start to hear little things and people like, hey, you should talk to them. You should talk to them. Because when you when you start to dig for it and look for it, you realize, oh, wait, yeah, God's actually moving in so many people, big ways and small ways. And it encouraged me. Mm-hmm. So um Yay. Thank you so much for sharing, Cody. You're the best. Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode. I hope you receive so much encouragement and faith through it. Stay tuned for next week's episode as we continue to dive in this series. We'll talk to you later. Bye guys.